Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to The Huddle with Monica D. Livingston, a safe space to dialogue, create, celebrate, and gain the tools to execute and dominate on the field or in life. This is the place where we discuss the fumbles and the touchdowns, the struggles and the successes. This is where we come to get better. So huddle up. everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Huddle with me, Monica D. Livingston. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Pride Month. All month of June is Pride Month, and so I am thrilled to have our guest, uh, our iSlide team captain this week, is a co-founder of As You Are Bar, Rachel Pike. And Rachel's going to come in The Huddle, and she's going to drop some gems, man. But I got to tell you, you want to make sure you listen to this entire episode in one setting because you're what you already are because you're going to be so excited about what they have planned um as you are bar is for everyone Uh, it is literally a space that they are creating that i'm calling it a unicorn because we haven't seen anything like this before this isn't just going to be a coffee house not going to be just a bar not just a restaurant not just a we work it literally is going to be something for everyone and you get to freaking come as you are. Now, they are prioritizing the queer community or shall we say marginalized communities. But again, come as you are and it is for everyone. Um, We talk about career training that they're going to do there. I mean, like seriously, a place that does career training and partying, this, this is crazy. Unicorn, unicorn. Rachel is a life coach, entrepreneur, a leader in the community. And we discuss also the incident that happened at Nelly's Sports Bar, uh, where, as you guys probably know by now, a young woman was dragged, dragged down the stairs there at Nelly's. And if you've ever been to Nelly's, you know, man, <laughs> them stairs, they hit different. Okay. And it was some kind of alleged mistaken identity and altercation. But we really talk about um, what the role is of security in heightened situations. And she she had some great insight there, having been in that field as well and previously worked at Nellie's. And so what I'm starting to think here, and I kind of already knew this, but this wasn't an isolated incident. And so you got to listen, uh, tune in, just keep listening. Our iSlide team captain in the huddle, it, this special pride edition, when we come back, is Coach Rachel Pike. 
The Huddle with Monica D. Livingston Team Captain segment is sponsored by iSlide USA, the place to get your favorite team slides. NBA, WNBA, NHL, MLB, and more. You can also rep your college colors as you slide around campus in a pair of stylish and comfortable iSlides. And if you're feeling creative, design your own pair of slides. That's my favorite part. I get to put whatever I want on a pair of slides. Visit islideusa.com and get started. Use code MONICA. That's right, you heard me. Use code M-O-N-I-C-A at checkout and receive 15% off of your total purchase. And while you're there, take a look at my personal collection. I designed each pair myself. Go do it now. Stand in what you stand for with iSlide USA. Welcome to another episode of The Huddle, my iSlide team captain. I am joined in The Huddle today by Rach, or as you guys know, Coach, as a lot of you call her in the community, which I have to say, you're one of the the few coaches I've actually had in The Huddle, but I I don't know if it's a sports coach or not, so we'll we'll get to that, Rach, on how they call you coach, but thank you so much for answering my call last minute and entering the huddle. I appreciate you. Um, how are you living? I'm wonderful. I love a good huddle. It was uh, honored to be here. And uh, yeah, life, it's been a little wild here in DC, especially in my industry. So uh, we've been working really hard and, and a little bit worn out, but it's all for to do the right thing. So yeah, yeah. So all right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. Talk to me about, you were one of the founders of As You Are Bar. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the name? Where are we with COVID? Talk to me about this mission, like, and As You Are Bar. Yeah, for sure. So uh, me and my partner, Joe McDaniel, who's better known than me in the community, she's been doing this for 15 years, working in career spaces. I uh, used to work at a league of her own. Joe was the opening manager and I was head of security over there. Uh, and we uh, really loved creating that safe space and protecting the community. And uh, we, one of the things we say is when we met, we just fell into step and we were best friends long time before we were partners. But, uh, and I think quarantine and, and COVID really, you know, makes you analyze a lot of things. And, and I think things slowed down and people started to consider where they're spending their money and, yeah. and where they're working and, and the environments they're working under or what they're perpetuating working in certain environments. And that's, we were in the same place. Yeah. Uh, and we realized our uh, mission just didn't align with the ownership of a league of our own. And we took a risk and said, let's, let's do it ourselves and let's do it, you know, with final say and, and involving the community more than we could there to develop a space like we are. Um, as you are literally, I, I, I'm very literal and impeccable in my speech and we were throwing around names and I'm often, uh, a little insecure about my ideas, my creative ideas. So I was like, thought it and I was like, that's stupid. Nobody's going to like that. So I like, didn't want to say it out loud. And then I did. And, uh, Joe and the consultant we were working with, were both like, I love it. It's yeah. so literal. And I was like, well, that's what we want, right? We want, we literally want people to come as they are. And. And so it's a queer space, it's a space prioritizing queer humans and the most marginalized of our marginalized community. Uh, But it isn't only for those people. The idea is that we all get to hang out peacefully and grow and learn and challenge each other uh, and have fun and celebrate and 
and enjoy each other's culture. So, so I love that. One, you know, what's so funny is that you said, you know, as you are, the last time or the most time I think you hear that, there are churches that say, come as you are, right? You don't have to dress up. You don't have to, because they so desperately want you to come in there and be indoctrinated or whatever they're putting in your brains and, and some good and some bad, depending upon the denomination and the church and all that stuff. But I love the fact that, you know, the name says exactly what, you know, if I'm sitting there and I'm not completely dressed, I go, you know what? I still going to come in. Or yeah. I can get dressed to the nines and still, you know, hang out. So I think you did an amazing job with it. One thing I know about marketing is you want to say what you're doing, what the service is, and you nailed it. So that's super and that's cool. That's a big part of our mission is we don't want to have paywalls. We don't want to have dress codes that isolate certain communities and cultures. Right. And so it is essentially speaks to exactly what yeah. our mission is. As you are. Now, listen, though, I have to tell you. So you, you guys were working at... A lead room. Mm-hmm. You've been in this space for years, both of you, right? Yep. yep. There were, you know, I was looking at the trailer not too long ago, the 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 lesbian bar project documentary. Over 200 lesbian bars in 1980. Yeah. Now we're down to 21, and I'm still thinking that number shocked me. I'm still trying to figure out where the 21 are, right? Like yeah. when the phase closed, I was like, oh my god, like I'm old, you yeah. know. So I was like, what? Slip my wrist like nail what, right? But you guys have decided, you see that there's literally a movie talking about lesbian bar decline. Mm-hmm. You guys have worked in the industry. You've watched the decline of the lesbian <laughs> bar you worked at. And somehow the two of you said, hey, babe, we should start a lesbian bar. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little uh, maybe, you, maybe unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that what it comes down to is that there, that, and we say this in the documentary, Joe says this perfectly, but our communities are the most marginalized, right? We're, we're women, we're, we're full of, we're, we tap the, the community of women, the community of POC, um, the black community specifically, uh, non-binary, trans humans, all these people are in our community. And those are the people that are most oppressed, right? We, we have right. the lowest incomes. We have the hardest time getting job security. Uh, we just went through COVID, so people lost their jobs. Industry workers lost their jobs. Industry is a largely queer and uh, marginalized yeah. h- humans work in that industry. Um, and so partly, we wanted to create the space the way we, we wanted to be able to do it previously and couldn't. Uh, and as well as we're coming out of COVID and people need jobs, and we want to create job security for these communities that they would then also be serving their community okay, um, okay. and be able to, to connect them to some security in, in work and, and a career path. So obviously it's been a career path for Joe and I, and it's wonderful. We love it. Um, and so we're actually going to be working directly with the Wanda Alston Foundation, which is okay. a, uh, a foundation for trans youth and, and unhoused humans yeah. in the queer community. And they said that one of their biggest challenges is getting they can they can house them and, and grow them and, and give them resources, but then somebody's got to employ them and send them on a career path and treat them well and not oppress them further so they can grow and thrive. Uh, and so we're going to be partnering directly with them so we can do just that. Wow, that's amazing. I'll tell you my my other life before podcast host speaker. That's what I do full time. Yeah, I was special education 
uh, teacher and then behavior manager. And then that didn't work for me because I, I hated how special education students were treated, mm. particularly in the District of Columbia. And so I got together with a couple of my friends and we started our own school and we serviced students 17 to 22 years of age. Every single one of them had an IEP. They read on about a third grade level of intake. And sometimes their math scores were so low, we couldn't even get good numbers. But I particularly remember that we had, you know, I would say a pretty decent, um, you know, LGBTQIA community within that, uh, when I look at through, through the years of the kids that we service, and a lot of times their academic levels were so low, just related to the fact that they had been thrown out of their homes, ostracized by their communities, abandoned by parents and relatives. How are you gonna study for a test and everybody telling something wrong with you? I hate you, you nasty, and all of those things, right? And exactly. soon as we could get some, some remediation, academic remediation, but really a holistic care approach through speech and language therapies and counseling, those kids flourished. Yeah. But then what was still so hard, the last piece was, okay, we've got you remediated academically. Now you have to go out here and work and maybe you're, you know, flamboyant. Maybe you still don't have a good address to put down. Um, and that was challenging, you know? And, and so I completely get that, applaud you. And man, you just made my heart like swell that you're <laughs> literally going to be working with that. And I think, as you know, you know, it breeds loyalty and you're going to have some of the best employees by just giving them a shot. You know? Yeah, people don't, I mean, they care how much you pay them. People should get paid, compensated fairly. I'm a big believer in that. But more importantly, it's not how much money you make all the time. It's how you're treated and what yeah. kind of voice you have. And that also carries weight and value. So we don't just want to pay them fairly so they can come work a job in a space they're not happy in and don't have a voice in and go home and be able to buy their dinner. We want them to be a part of building this space. Yeah, uh, We're white. We know that. We're, uh, Joe's a cis femme, somewhat passing uh, a yeah. woman. And I'm a, a yes, right, yeah. <laughs> gender yeah. queer, but often get a lot of masculine privilege, white human. And so we know we don't know. And we don't want to pretend that we can do this for the communities we don't represent. So we, were, we are really calling everybody in and we're going to have meetings yeah. of the mind and uh, sit down and collaborate and compensate these people to help, uh, you know, build this bar. Yeah. And it's a cafe bar at that. So it's not just about booze because there's a large contingent of our community that doesn't drink and needs right. to be. And, and a large that shouldn't, right? Yeah. Until right. they, till they get and, some other things and worked out. I think you really touched on something huge. And, and I've had lots of conversation with my, I'm also a life coach. So I'm in the okay. mental health space and I've had a lot of conversations with uh, that network of humans in my life. And talking about how queer people like ourselves and then anybody at all the other intersections of marginalization, uh, we're growing up and, and it's hard to thrive because we're not worried about, we don't have these like career ambitions at the top of our mind. We're like, if I tell my parents who I am, I might not have a place to live. That's right. how do I have the capacity then to go dream about being a, a lawyer, the president or whatever else? Like yeah. I'm just literally trying to get to tomorrow safe. Yeah. That's it, and, and you're so right. It's that half that I would see all the time in our student population. And then the other half that we saw was, I, you want me to talk about math and reading a book? The lights are getting ready to get cut off in my house. There's right. no food for my younger brother in the fridge. Like, 
please yeah. take that book and that test and you know what to do with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So and it, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And that's why, you know, one of the things I did was breakfast. I partnered with, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's that was right in there in Southeast. And I'm like, listen, I need a couple biscuits that y'all know y'all gonna throw away right. because you're mandated to. I need those. And so if you got to school at a certain time, you, there was food there waiting for you, man. People were running through the, you know, and if you earned a certain level, then I would get you a cell phone. We worked with Cricket Wireless at the time was popular in, awesome. in DC. And it had worked for me too, because if you weren't coming to school, I'd call you and I'd be like, what are you doing? And yeah. they're like, oh, Ms. Monica, I'm busy. You play too much. I'm like, you literally have 30 minutes or I'm going to shut that whole phone down. And whatever deals you think you got going on today, they're right. not going to work out. Right now, get this <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this is a holistic approach. Um, yeah. You kind of answered a little bit of my next question, but I, I'm just going to put it out there because I, I want to make sure you're thinking about it. I want people to know you're thinking about it. What's going to be different? Man, like every lesbian bars have been shutting down. Tell me the top three things that you're like, we are going to shut our doors because one, two, and three. Well, I just learned from somebody the other day that the, the queer community has $3.7 trillion to spend. Woo! So it isn't that we don't have money. We it's do. that we don't have places we want to spend money with our own community. Mm. So that piece of knowledge is useful for yeah. my uh, confidence. <laughs> uh, the other piece is that we're really trying to expand our reach and be a queer community hub, not just a 21 to 35 year old community hub, okay. not just a, a white people community hub. Okay. Uh, and the ways we're doing that, like I kind of mentioned, we're making sure we're not building this bar alone. We're not building these concepts alone. Uh, we also want to be held accountable to the mission that we've set set out to, to uphold and, and are welcoming that and excited for that. Um, you know, when, when we aren't perfect, if we misstep. Uh, and so we're stretching the age range into the 18 year old age range, which in DC is very rare to be able to get into a bar at 18. But we have all these colleges and high school kids coming out and they're, they are queer, you know. Uh, and then we're expanding space uh, creating space that will reach out to our 40 plus our families our parents with kids uh that maybe don't want to be on a loud dark dance floor right. with a bunch of 21 year olds right so uh ideally we're gonna have these these we're working we're in lease negotiations for a space that's pretty ideal um so hoping that goes through we'll have different levels for things so we'll have a a main level which by day will be a cafe so people could come throw their laptops up if they want to do an interview you know, kind of a that model, but it's a queer space. So if you're running a queer business and you or you're a queer human that wants to make a suggestion to your interviewer or where to meet up, that might be your space. So, you, so it's like a like a gay we works, you know. Or uh, I mean, it's a coffee house. It's gonna be a coffee shop, but yeah, right. like Wi-Fi and tables and hang out. Okay. And do that, so you know? Starbucks and we works had a kid. There you go. There you okay. go. <laughs> and the kid was more like us than not. That's you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, we're working with Smile to give their uh, like 18 to 22 year old age range some place to go that's not with the younger community they serve because they aren't showing up is what we've heard because they don't want to be hanging out with 16 year olds. So this is going to be a space for that kind of thing. And then in the evening, it'll shift to lounge, date night, space, bar. Uh, and then upstairs, we'll have a dance floor, which will have like 18 and up events or nights of the week. So the youth can come and, and let loose and party. Um, and then uh, we'll, we're doing Saturday and Sunday brunch, which will be family friendly. Oh, yeah. So uh, that you know, you got you know Jordan White, you got babies, bring yeah, them. Right, right. <laughs> like, 
so, th so I think that's the second piece that we're really expanding the age range that we're uh, accommodating. Um, and then the third part is, uh, and maybe this isn't new, maybe this is other people. I think that Joe and I strongly believe that when you do the right thing, the things you need to continue to do the right thing will come to you. And so yeah. we have complete faith in the universe that if, if we do the right thing and we we're able to be held accountable when we mess up and we fix it and we hire the right people and we build the right culture uh, and we serve the community well, the community will show up. And yeah. that's why the bars are closing because people can't show up, don't have the money oppression or stopped showing up because they aged out or they couldn't go because they were too young or whatever right. the case might be, or, or there were covers and oppression, you know, has an, in, an effect yeah. on income. So that's a paywall. So we're hoping if we can eliminate some of those walls, then, you know, people will show up. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. So like one of my other questions was like, why do we still need these spaces? Right. Because like, you know, it, it used to be, and like, I, I just turned 50 this year that you wished upon a star one day where you could just go to a regular restaurant or bar and hold your partner's hand or rub their back or just talk or just not even PDA, but just talk and not feel like people were looking at you because however you or someone in your group was presenting. And so, and you think that that means it's more inclusive. And so one of my questions was, I was going to be like, well, you know, coach, come on, do we still need this space? It seems more separate than inclusive. But I have to be very honest, I, you know, what I've heard is inclusive in our community and and even beyond. Like, you're not checking the door to be like, wait a minute, like girls. How would I know? You look straight. You can't come in here. How would I know? <laughs> right. So it's going to be a space for everyone, but we just want to make it a safe space for everyone in the community. And exactly. That's yeah. the change. We're, oh, we're, that's, that's different. We're, that's different. Right. We're prioritizing the marginalized. Right. And that's not just queer people, right? Because there's so many different communities sure. that are marginalized. Yeah. And uh, capitalism, yep. built in white supremacy, yep. doesn't, you know, bars don't have to cater to even just simply keep safe the marginalized because everybody else is coming and going to pay them anyway. Whether right. you feel safe or not, you're a smaller community. So I don't need your money. We don't actually care about that. We know we need to because of business and we got to keep the doors open. So we're in the system of capitalism and we know that, but I'm willing to take a hit on dollars if it keeps the people safe, because yeah. we know if we keep people safe and stand by our mission, that we'll make the money we need to keep the bar open. We're not trying to get rich. We don't, that's not the goal. The goal is to procure spaces like this, keep them safe. And I, and I think to your point, we have made, made ground. I don't want to like discount the progress we've made as humans, right? Uh, I can go out and hold my, my wife's hand or, or have a, a, a kid and two right. moms. Like I can do that, yeah. right? And I'm not, one, I'm not the only person that needs to be able to do that. If I were single and looking to find a date and I go to a bar that's not, I don't know is prioritizing queerness. I'm not gonna talk to that girl that I think might be queer or might not be. And she, right. I think is pretty because what happens if I offend her because not everybody thinks it's cute, yeah. acceptable to be queer, right? No, you're right. And yeah. So to be able to come into a, a, a space and know that they want you there yeah. and know that the people there also know you're there and who you are and how you live and how you identify, you just get to drop your shoulders a little bit and say, I'm just going to hang out and see what happens. I'm just going to yeah. be me. I'm not going to send some representative. I'm not going to, I'm not going to filter myself 
uh, and then yeah. that changes the whole experience. No, you're absolutely right. I was doing a um, uh, corporate training yesterday for, um, I did one <laughs> on uh, implicit bias, and then there were these breakout rooms for a big tech firm. And um, the breakout room that I held, three breakout rooms on LGBTQIA, and one of the girls uh, came out in that in that meeting. And you just made me remember that I am thinking about this through only the lens of my 50 years on this earth, but she needs the place that you're building, right? I, I don't need it. I'm almost, I mean, I want to come now because you made it sound so hot. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. And I can get exactly. right there. And, you know, I might have a referral for a kid to, that, that I used to work with to get a job there. And if I want to have a meeting space, you know how many times I go to WeWork to, to have a meeting? Oh, we're also going to have a third floor in the basement that's going to be for events such as that. Yes, that, 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 that WeWork got my last dollar. I'm, I'm with you guys. So I'm with you for all of these different reasons. I think it is so smart from a business standpoint to have um, several streams of income, right? Several revenue streams. And, and I like that it feels so much about the community and not about like, we're gonna have this, this, this you know, lit party. Everybody's gonna come pay a cover, dance, get wasted and, and whatever. But what, what just resonated with me right now is that the space is still needed. So I stand, stand corrected. Um, and thank you for helping me see that because this young woman yesterday literally she was whispering and I was like why are you whispering you're at home but it just felt and she was like I I'm uh I'm a lesbian I have a girlfriend my parents don't know I was like are your parents gonna come through the door but she was just that's how it felt she was super young and she was like and I don't have any support mm -hmm. and I was like yes you do that's yes, 30 other people right here and they yes, started like and, parting it up. And that's why these spaces are important. And we now we know we can walk in and we're gonna yeah. find our people. There's right. gonna be a community here that isn't gonna shun me or judge me no matter what I wear, or yeah. look like, identify as. Yeah, yeah, I'm so old and jaded that I I'm like goosebumps. I'm like sad yeah. for oh. her. I'm like sad for her. You're 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 uh, the member of your group the other day, and I'm also like so relieved for her. Yeah, I'm like, oh good, we said it. No, and you know what? The 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 company was so like they wrapped her, their arms around her immediately. And you know, one of the things I you know I told the the CEO, I was like, people are gonna work different. Like they're gonna work harder, longer, stronger, faster for you because this happened. You just and you know that being a sports sports is not that far from anything in life. It's a micro experience to the macro world. Yeah, and you know that when you. Your players don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. Boom. You will not get through to them if all you're doing is spouting off guru information and they don't and you don't care if they got bad grades and don't know how to fix them or trouble at home and don't know how to fix it or just are overwhelmed by the information you're giving them and yep. don't give them a minute to breathe, don't work them through that mental state like if they don't know that forget it you've lost them. You're done. And then guess what? As a coach you can't win because you yep. ain't got a team. <laughs> Booyah! Drop that mic, right? Drop that mic, coach. I was gonna ask you why they call you coach. I coached a little bit, so I coached. Uh, I coached college ball for uh, about five years uh, at uh, Tiffin University and the University of Charleston in West Virginia, and then I I 
I'm a life coach, um, which I learned is what my purpose was while I was coaching basketball. Yeah. X's and O's are about 10% of coaching. It's relationship yeah. management, yep. uh, which is my niche is healthy relationship skills to eliminate and uh, minimize abuse by you and to you. Mm, I um, love and, and that all starts with just like having an, a healthy and non-abusive relationship with yourself because most yeah. of it, don't yeah. do that super well. We, we got to talk offline, my friend. Yeah, let's do this. Offline. I'm ready. <laughs> you know. I'm ready. And then uh, I also coached JV boys basketball at Springbrook High School for the last two years. Really? Not over the year, but the year before. Okay. Uh, and that was, and my head coach, who is a friend of mine, that's how I got onto that school, uh, is a woman. And so they had an all-woman coaching staff. Um, I'm queer as, can we curse on here? yeah <laughs> i'm queer as fuck yeah so that was an image people would see and then uh we were like top team and out of the 25 in the county and we were like this staff. it was just really powerful and these kids yeah, and that's, learned a lot. that's what it's about right because now you've got those little men yeah they are thinking completely differently now about women mm-hmm. and queer women like yeah. They're going to make, if they're straight, they're going to make the best little heterosexual, you know, white dude, Springbrook's pretty white. Um, uh, Springbrook's actually, it's it's actually predominantly uh, a black school. My daughter. Oh, they're, they're, okay. Okay. I remember, yeah, I told you I'm old, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's changed over the years, but in the last, you know, she's a junior, a, yeah. going to be a senior, so. <laughs> that's good. Congratulations on your success there. And not just the W's. I always say it's not about yeah. wins on the court, man, but the wins that, that happen outside of that That yeah exactly we have to redefine those wins and similarly when you win with your team yeah your team wins like that's that's just the result not the goal when you do things well and healthy and you build good team community in this case with the bar then we all win and that i'm not worried about that that's not the goal that will come if we do it right yeah so I, where do you ideally, I know you can't give away um, the location that you're close to on the lease or whatever, but ideally, where do you see yourself situated in what ward or do you have? You yeah, know- so we're looking in uh, Capitol Hill area in South uh, Southeast. Okay. We really wanted to get away from Northwest. Okay. It has plenty. They're fine. They've got yeah. all the bars. Um, we really wanted to bring things kind of to the east of the city river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we could get, yeah. So the people east of the river could, could get to us. We wanted to be Metro accessible. Um, we wanted to be in an area that was, that was already diverse. So people didn't have to go out of their home and comfort and safety to get something for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And journey over to, you know, the more predominantly white, young, affluent, high income. Yeah. All the things that come with that. Right. Uh, spaces right. in the city. Well, that, that's good. I love that location. I love that area. Barracks Road and, and all they, that. You know, FaZe. So oh, yeah. FaZe okay. was not far from the location we're looking at, which is kind of like a nod to the history of queerness right. in the city because we're yeah. kind of bringing Hill, it back. Hill, to Haven. Hill Haven used to be down there. You too yeah. young to know about Hill Haven and Hung Jury wasn't too far away yeah. from that. Yeah, it's super queer over here. Listen, that's a whole nother show. I can tell you <laughs> about that. Woo, you're making me feel young again. Um, <laughs> Good. I was thinking mm-hmm. there may be a brick and mortar that's open on U Street here soon. Might, you might have something to do with that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, they're, yeah, they're going to be potentially vacant. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So yes. you've worked in security. I did. 
We're talking about Nellie's people for, if you don't know, then I don't know how you- I worked that. security at Nellie's. That was my first security job. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll tell you um, my, my history with Nellie's. I worked at the Blade for a little bit um, and uh, I met Doug when Nellie's was first opening mm -hmm. and he had just purchased the property and he gave me a tour of the property. Um, and we were literally stepping over nails and stuff up on the rooftop told me about his great grandmother mm -hmm. and all of that and his partner and blah, blah, blah. And I actually then went to some kind of like party that they had, some kind of uppity party that they had. Um, and I never got any vibe, you know, any racial vibe or whatever, but you know, it was, I mean, what was he going to say? We're going to call me a name right then and there. Um, right? But They're so that was my only interaction mm -hmm. in, in, in individually with ownership. And then throughout the years when I lived in DC and I don't any longer, but when I lived in DC, I would frequent, you know, Nellie's um, from time to time. And this was before uh, Jay started working there, but, and after, before, while I was playing football and right after. And um, I, I can't say that I had any issues. Um, I was always with probably more white people and I was the only black gay woman with them. Um, I'm trying to think at the time, the girls I were dating, I think were white. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of both times. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, mm -hmm. but I was like, I've heard things over the years, um, uh, from people that I trust and know and love and their experience has been vastly different than mine. You work there and without, you know, this is not a bash or whatever. I want to make this, you know, educating people. What are your thoughts on your time there and the incident that happened. Um, and, and yeah, let's just, let's just talk about it. I think yeah. the community deserves. Uh, so uh, my time there, uh, while I was working there was when right at the same time that uh, Preston Mitchum, if you've been following you, you know that name, um, had approached Doug and said, let's have a conversation because uh, the ownership had made some changes that were racist, but could be explained away to not seem racist. Like they were having trouble with some fight, like fighting on Sundays, I guess. Uh, and they gave credit to the music and they upcharged Hennessy. And so obviously they were targeting certain cultures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and they figured if they could keep those, those cultures, those communities maybe calmer or not in at all, right. that they could uh, or drinking slower, because if you're drinking Hennessy and it's more expensive, maybe you don't drink as much. Drinking slower, not getting right. as intoxicated. Yep. Then maybe we wouldn't have these problems. Uh, and I think, and I was, that happened somewhere in the middle of my time there. Um, and that is racist. I mean, I, there's nothing else to call it. And it also, I think that it's a big deflection. And this is, was my experience in working there. There was, that put a lot of pressure on the security, put us actually at a high risk, right? Because right. when you're, the, the problem in, is never somewhere in the middle. It's always at the beginning. So this, those are symptoms. The yeah. real issue is I think there was some egregious over-serving that was typical there. And that does lead to fighting and right. all kinds of ruckus. We know that regardless of any community you're part yeah. of. I've been overserved there. Some of that, whatever that little pink punch drink is. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that we we want to avoid saying that because that that makes the dollar keeps right. it back. Um, and 
that behavior puts us as security at risk because now we're going to have more issues. Yep. And it isn't because somebody is black that we're having the issue. It's because the, everybody's so drunk. And drunk, right. <laughs> Them so different. You know, it's a difference. It's not, it's not a, that's not a, that doesn't, race is not the, the factor in that. Uh, and I, while working there, there was one fight in particular I had to get in the middle of. There had been somebody had stolen somebody's stuff. Everybody was drunk. Um, at, as security, as often as possible, you don't put your hands on anybody. Right. You try to do this without that doing that. De-escalate. If you are in an emotional space, you call backup. You let yep. them take it over so that right. people that are aggravated with you see a new face. Yeah. That's always, we know those things. We are trained that way. Um, you know those things. I mean, I know those things. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Uh, so I, we did actually have to put hands on somebody, but not on people, but not to grab them, to like hold people back and kind of neutralize the fight. And then my, it happened to be, um, uh, Pre Preston was part of this group that was involved and, and I got his attention and I was like, Hey, how can we, how can you help me, but get, the, get this to stop. Right. And so we worked together and we got somebody down the stairs and out of the building with no harm done that didn't want to go. And, right. and it took time. It, it was a slow process. Right. People right. had to be patient with us. Cause it was like, get him down three steps. He wanted to go back three steps. Like, right. <laughs> but it was, but there's human, you gotta have some humanity. We're not, we don't need to treat people terrible. It's not that urgent. The truth yeah. is, it's just not that urgent. Yeah. If nobody's getting hurt or harmed. If there's not some not. immediate threat. Right. Then we can figure this out. Calm. Yeah. So you saw the video. Yeah. I did. Um, lots of times. What I hear you saying, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. If Keisha was intoxicated to the highest level, your first response would have been to de-escalate it verbally switch people if she was escalated from you but certainly you don't think that it was ever warranted from what you could see from the video to drag a absolutely. human being down those steps absolutely and, and completely uncalled for and i think the the second video came out and some people are like well but she was punching somebody because that somebody had been rough with her cousin that was there so i hear and my i, I just have to say this because i haven't seen it stated um in comments, this is the issue. I'm a security guard. I signed up for this. Right. So if I get punched because somebody is upset, I signed up to get punched. <laughs> it Ooh. doesn't mean I get to be like, well, now I'm going to defend myself. No, I might have to and have take a punch and not punch back and get into a brawl. I have to keep my cool. Yeah. I have to say, yep, you hit me. That's unacceptable. I'm going to need some backup. You got to go. Right. It is over. And we get you out, but I don't get to unleash on you. Wow. And I but think that's, that's you're right. Where we have a big problem with you're this. You're right. Scenario. No one said that. And here's the thing why that resonates with me is because I used to work, um, you know, in special ed. And I'm not proud of this part, but when I first started, it was more punitive. Like we would go in as part of that group that would remove the kids out of the room. Um, and we always did two person holds. We, you know, we didn't do any one person holds. They would go in the little timeout rooms, close the door. I now think there's a much better way to, to deal with it. And even, you know, in my career there, I was like, can we just talk to them first? Can we like, why don't we stretch ourselves as, oh, I don't know, the, the freaking adults in the room. Right. Like <laughs> they, they, they came with an IEP that tells you everything that's wrong with them, what they're sensitive to and whatever. 
And here we are bum rushing them. Like there's got to be a different We signed up for this. Right. I, I'm working. Yeah. And you're right. We never thought though, hit them back. Like I had a kid take a pencil, lead pencil and stab me in my arm and the lead broke off in my arm. Not once did I think, oh, I'm going to stab you back. <laughs> it's a kid, you know, and by yeah. kid, I mean 17. I don't mean like, not you child, know, five or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're, that's a, that's a great point. Like you don't get to just because she did, cause you're supposed to have your wits about you. If you want to be out in the world and somebody punches you and you punch them and y'all brawl, whatever, right. but on right. duty, that's not, you don't get that. That's not, your yeah. problem, you don't get that. You're yeah, on duty. She's drunk. You at work. Drunk. So, <laughs> she's, she's drunk. In this case, mistaken identity. Right. Handled. Of course, her capacity is lower. Yeah. Of course she's feeling uh, uncomfortable and and like her back is against the rope. Yeah. Additionally, and I think this needs to be said in my time there and and having mentioned Preston Mitchum's like first kind of boycott mo- movement and conversation to get things to change when he sat down with Doug and all of that. This is not an isolated incident. This was not the first time this type of thing has happened at this location. It so it isn't it's it's not a surprise that it got this far yeah and that's yeah. unfortunate to say it's also not okay that it's yeah. i up. think that was one of the things that when you know and i um i talked to jordan the other day um and, and she was on the way to physical therapy so she left me a, a, a voice message so i actually got to see her as well which was pleasant and that that was one of the things is that this isn't the first time right and that's what preston said this is not this was not brand new like it wasn't isolated so where you could go, ah, you know, this was just like, oh, of course. This is a, a, an accumulation, like yeah. a combination of things, right? Yeah. yeah. And and then there, I real I heard that there were opportunities. I think you you nodded to it to have this meeting to fix this. And um it, it just it felt like they didn't think that it warranted the uh I guess the interventions that were being suggested at the time and didn't see the issue and the problem, which makes you wonder, do they not see the issue and the problem or do they not care if those people leave and go away? So why do I want to make a statement saying, I want you here if I don't want you here? Right. And they don't want them there. They want the dollars there. They want those communities to pay for things, but they don't necessarily want them to stay or be treated in a way that would make them want to stay. Right. Make them Uh, And, and, my personal experience with with Nellie's, uh, uh, Doug specifically, is I'm white, so it was not a race issue, but it was more gender. Um, I had met him a, a few times. I worked security every week. Um, and every single time he met me, he thought I was a boy when he him me. And I would tell him every time, I'm like, Rach, she, her. Every single, at the point I, I hadn't realized my identity is genderqueer. And, and every single time, and I was like, which is why uh, that in the heat of them, I just, I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, mostly yeah. it was like, Oh, this, I don't know what's going on. And um, it was right at the time that a league of her own was going to be opening up. And I went there with mayor, actually Jordan's wife uh-huh. and was like, what is this place? I've never heard of it. And met Joe, who was the, the manager working and renovating. And they gave us a tour pre rent like during renovation. And I, w- I was like, well, I'm going to work here for queer women like this. Sounds right. right. So uh, that's when I switched. I left Nellie's immediately and got hired and, and started opening day at Aloha. 
Wow. Wow. Well, enough about them and the negativity. Yeah. Right? Because you've got, you've got uh, a bunch of stuff that happening here. That's going to be fa fantastic. Like I feel like I love that smile is going to be involved in Wanda Olson and that you're bringing, it, it just feels inclusive. And I think that is somehow, uh, and I'm sure you guys have this all that already said, but the marketing, that's what's different, right? Is that it is inclusive. And I remember a time where, you know, just lesbians went to a bar, just gay guys went to a bar that if I had gay male friends or straight male friends, they had to be accompanied by me to even get in the bar. And it was like almost a pat down and a shakedown and like and you better watch him the whole time he's in here like he can't go to the bathroom or the bar by himself to the point where you're just like hey i'll just call you tomorrow man <laughs> like, yeah, like later i can't be responsible for you right <laughs> what you might do and i don't hear that i hear i thought i was gonna come on here and interview you about a lesbian bar and i'm interviewing you about a safe inclusive space for all that has a priority for marginalized people. And that is, that's super freaking fair, right? Because they're marginalized. Yeah. So they can be a priority now, but we are also gonna invite, I say we, see, we're here for it. But we're, we are gonna let everybody in, in the, in God, the different revenue streams, I think. And it is we, because you're part of this community. Yeah. It isn't just the two of us, it is we, it's the community that's going to do this. and. We, I love we fully believe that we we could never do this right or well without everybody. So yeah, well, I think you're off to a good start of doing it right. I know you've got a uh, engagement at six thirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like we could do this for two more hours. It's time to have some fun, though. We got to have what I call the two minute drill. I'm okay. gonna call out some things to you. Take a take another sip. I'm gonna take one too. You are not allowed to give any response, like any explanation. Just pick one of the two. All right. Yeah, game face on. Ready. Here we go. Hip hop or an RB? Hip hop. Uh, book club or the club? The club. <laughs> uh, sports car or SUV? SUV. I think I know the answer to this one. Take a class or teach a class? I think you might be wrong. I would take a class. Teaching is my purpose, but I want to learn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, beach or cabin? Be beach. Ow. Okay. Both. <laughs> Hoodie or a suit? Suit. Movies or a play? Play. Bath or shower? Shower. Chocolate milk or white milk? Chocolate milk. Cook or take out? Take out. <laughs> pancakes or waffles? Uh, pancakes. Sausage or bacon? Sausage. Offense or defense? And that could mean a multitude of things, my friend. <laughs> so many things are yeah. hitting my head. Um, defense. Okay, and I'm gonna ask you about that one. I'll let you explain that one, okay. Yeah. Chess or checkers? Uh, checkers. Fly or drive? Hmm. This is hard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, fly. <laughs> uh, baked or fried? Baked. Steak or salad? Steak. Pie or ice cream? Ice cream. Uh, treadmill or bike? Bike. Skydiving or kayaking? Kayaking. Saturday night or Sunday mornings? Sunday morning. 
Okay, a valent, uh, here's a bonus one. A romantic Island or five-star hotel? Romantic Island. Okay. Now, those, those are two-minute round. Ding, 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 ding. We did it. Sure that's going to give insight to people that probably, you've probably never been asked those questions. That's good. Um, I like that. That's fun. <laughs> let's slow it down just a little bit here. Okay. Would you rather have a rewind button on your life or a current pause button? Pause. All right. All right. Pause. Why? Uh, I don't need to go back, but sometimes I like to just just be like, hang on, wait, let's just take this in. Okay. All <laughs> don't, right. Don't I miss like it. Um, a trip to in space or like ocean? I mean, like down there where the I monster um, and live. I think the ocean. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't care either way. I mean, I'm, I'm a both and person. So this game is very hard for me because I want to do it all. I don't care. I'm like, I can find the joy and beauty and all these things. But I think the ocean for the fact that like, I don't even know what's here walking the earth with me currently. Yeah. So then I feel like I'm skipping steps if I start in, the, in this. Okay. okay. And two more. And would you rather talk to your ancestors or your future great, great grandchildren? Mm. Uh, my ancestors. Yeah. What would you talk to them about and why? Uh, I, I don't know a lot about where I come from and I would, I feel like anything I could learn from them and I want in the history of not just our family, but like yeah. the time they lived in and what they saw and uh, to find alignment or, or similarity in like the, like my pure spirit piece of me not yeah. like the cultural culturalized human that I am but like the pure spirit of me and find that in them and recognize that and learn from that I feel like if I could do that and then communicate that from my perspective to children then my great-great-grandchildren would also get sprinklings of that still so I get to do both there's the both you, you did it you tied it in you, right? it. you got it Always, you just yep. can't help yourself right? I can't I can't all right but and uh let me ask you our, we call this in the huddle our fourth and one question right because you know in a, in a game in a football game fourth and one is tough call to make so I, I want to ask you what is one of your biggest setbacks or regrets and you can share with us if you want to what it was specifically but what I'm really looking for is what you learned from that setback or regret and how you've shifted that and apply it now to your life so I don't really do regrets similar to why I wouldn't want a rewind button I feel like I've learned so much from the time and at the point at which I made that choice that's what I wanted yeah Even now smarter that's not what I would want today so but the setback, I think uh, it's, it's kind of recent, actually, um, and, and probably still in the process a little bit. But um, I, I was married and uh, got separated and divorced and uh, had, had raised a child in that, that time we were married and feel very connected to them, though I didn't birth them. Right. And uh, because of divorce and all of the things that come with that, we had got lost touch. Mm. And that was a huge setback. Uh, it was hard carrying that every day, uh, trying to know, you know, not being communicated with exactly clearly by them. They were young. So not also not expecting that. Um, but also trying to show up for them, right. Whether that's stay away so they can heal and grieve and figure this out or show up more often so that they know I'm right there. I wasn't really sure on my moves. And, um, that also same similar situation with, uh, the friend group that we were a part of at that time. 
So losing those relationships for a period of time and finding working now and, and really having the opportunity to access, access them and, and redevelop them and get solid again, um, the breakdown was a setback. That was a really right. hard time for me. Um, and the lesson learned is one that nothing is forever. Um, yeah. The good, the bad, or the ugly, right? Yeah. Uh, it was tough. And I, in those moments, my darkest moments thought like I've lost them forever. Um, and now here we are. And with the right conversations and the right amount of time, the right amount of healing, we can find our way back to each other and, and it will be worth it. And it might even be better. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we're all going to be a little bit better from what we learned. So well, that, that's probably the, the lesson. Hope, right. Especially when you have a kid, the hope is, you know, and as you know, kids pick up and they understand and whatever. So you can fake it, but they sense it. And that, that then they have to deal with. And so now, which is, have, which is why I'm not anti-divorce because I think faking it for the kids, they're not dumb. They know yeah. what's going on. It's yeah. you're, you're hurting them. You're showing them that's what relationships look like. And yep. that's not safe for them. So for their future relationships. And, and then the other side, it helps them get out. It tells them it's okay. Okay. If they're not in a safe space with someone in a relationship or not getting their needs met, Hey, it's okay to leave. Okay. It doesn't mean that person's wrong or I hate them. And it doesn't mean that I won't come back around and be able to, to sit at a baseball game with them or attend a wedding or whatever, but this doesn't work for me anymore. So yeah, I think that's super brave of you to, to realize that and to also share that. Thanks. What would you Master. tell a young person? This is pride month, right? Like yeah. men pride. And a lot of people are making decisions to, celebrate and then to come out and, and use this date as a stand. And I, I shared with you earlier what happened to me yesterday in that corporate space. What would be some advice that you would give, particularly a young person mm -hmm. uh, struggling with their sexuality and feeling alone? What would you say? Uh, first and foremost, give yourself some grace. Just get, it's okay. You don't have to do everything today. You're not this, uh, like doing wrong by the queer community, by not being out everywhere all the time, do it in a way that feels safe and sound and comfortable to you and is self-loving. Uh, and when you've established and you start to have that awareness and that strength and that courage in who you are and you feel connected to the identity that you're, you're discovering, uh, stand in that truth. And you might lose some things doing that, but those things, they weren't for you to keep anyway. So, so, so grieve those losses, let those things go and know there's more to come that's better and more for you, the more you, you are. Right. I love it. Coach, this has been amazing. I got to let you go. I just yeah. close with time. I tell you, no we're going to have this connection. Tell people what they need to do to be involved. I know you have a GoFundMe, yeah. um, your Instagram handles, how can people support? Talk to us. Yeah. So our handles are as you are bar. Um, that's on Instagram and uh, TikTok. We're old, but we have an amazing executive media uh, media producer that's young and does all those things. Uh, I, I need to hire him. Or yeah, her. I look, I'll send them your way for sure. sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so they do our TikTok, but uh, it's at as you are bar. Our website is as you are bar .com. Um, You can find uh, Joe and Ray in our uh, Instagram bio there is a link which is like a link tree or a card yep. with a bunch yep. of links in it that's where you can find our events uh our our, our gofundme account um and and then we also 
signal boost on that link. All the community uh, organizations we work with, so you can follow them as well, shows you who we're connecting with. And um, But that's where you can really find a ton of stuff. The website also has those things, our events. We've got, we were really, really strong virtual. The world opened back up. So we like want people to go do that and get away from their computers. Uh, so right now we only have two events currently that are consistent. Uh, I'm sorry, three events. Monday night, we do, uh, it's basically a, a virtual happy hour with me called okay. Clicking with Coach. Uh, and it's very casual. You just go click the link that you find on our website and we just hang out and chat about whatever. Mostly, I, usually I bring a topic. Yeah. just to get things started and we just ride with it. Um, on Wednesdays tonight, which is my next engagement, it's at seven, but I need to prep, um, right. <laughs> is Hey You, which is an Instagram live show at 7 p.m. Uh, either Joe or I will interview kind of a community hero, somebody doing things that matter in the community. Uh, and then every, the first Thursday, the second Thursday of every month, we do a trivia night, which is virtual and has reached great numbers and cross nation people are joining and it's queer trivia uh, hosted by our uh, trivia mavens and they're it's very diverse trivia they've got it's like seven rounds of seven questions it's a great time it's super fun when we open the brick and mortar we will bring them in local in in person and yeah. keep a hybrid event so that our people outside of our state can also continue to show up because they love that i mean we're talking like Ooh. 200 people on trivia Whoa, coach, we got to talk offline. I, I mean, I want to take that to people and I've got an avenue to do that. Excellent. This, is, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being the iSlide team captain in the huddle today. You bought a, a bunch of gems, wealth of knowledge, and more than anything, you've just made me excited again for our community. We have something to look forward to, and that is because of you and your partner, and it's going to service uh, I mean, everybody, like I, I cannot believe I'm super excited that it is so inclusive. And so I'll be there and then, hey, I'm gonna be a fan now. I'll see you next Monday night for the happy hour. Please, yes, join us. I'll see, I'll see you soon, coach. Thank you so very much. Awesome. Be safe. And uh, if you need anything, shout out to the huddle. We got your back. All right, I sure will. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You're doing great work. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, I told you guys, what an episode, man. And she's fun, man. We had, we had a good time. Um, the other thing that comes through, you know, just from the screen, through the microphone about Rachel, is that she is authentic, man. And, and she's so kind. I just got that feeling from her, and, and so much so that we're going to hang out. Um, probably by the time you guys hear this, we've already done it. We have some plans on the table already to hang out and just collaborate because I, you know, like I tell you guys, collect good people around you and good things happen. And, and I love authentic and kind people. Like that's literally like the two things you need to be in order to be in my posse. Um, you know, I was also moved by her mission, her and her partner's mission to do something that can change and inspire an entire community. Like literally that's what they're doing with building as you are bar. So the challenge, what are you doing to inspire and change an entire community? If 
if you're not doing something, you better start doing something. As much as you give, you get back, right? Make sure you check out As You Are Bar on Instagram. Go to asyouarebar.com. Continue to listen to the huddle. You know how to find me. Um, I gave my number out once, and, man, I started getting some crazy text messages. But I ain't scared. 703-898-2754. Everything's on my website, www.monicadlivingston.com. I love you. Peace and hair grease. Happy Pride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.